Hi, this is Rini Primeza, the Jersey Dog Trainer, telling you to stay tuned to WNJC, 1360 AM, for Thursday in the Doghouse, coming right up. Good morning, listeners. Welcome to Thursday in the Doghouse. I'm your host, Karen Fazio, the Dog Super Nanny. And I'm your host, Rini Primeza, the Jersey Dog Trainer. Hopefully you've been able to listen to many of the great programs we've been airing here on WNJC 1360 AM every Thursday morning from 10 to 10.30. If you're a first-time listener and you live with a dog or two or you just love dogs and want to learn more about how to care for them and train them, how to understand their behaviors and how to be a responsible dog owner, you've come to the right place. If you aren't able to listen to the entire program, you can always hear it by visiting my website at thedogsupernanny.com or by visiting Rini's website at jerseydogtrainer.com. You can listen or save any of our shows right on your own computer by right-clicking directly on those links. Today, Rini and I will be speaking with Victoria Stillwell, who is the star of Animal Planet's It's Me of the Dog. Victoria has over a decade of experience working with some of the most difficult behaviors, and she trains these dogs using positive techniques and never with force and never with pain. We'll be speaking to Victoria in a moment, but right now, Rini would like to tell you about some of the services she offers in the southern New Jersey area as a trainer and certified behavior consultant. Is your dog always in the doghouse? Does he greet people by jumping all over them? Does she chew your shoes and steal your undies? Guess what? Your dog needs training. Hi, I'm Rini Primeza, the Jersey Dog Trainer, and I train dogs using only positive-based methods. My services include private training right in your own home. I also offer group puppy kindergarten classes starting at eight weeks of age and group classes for adolescent and adult dogs beginning at five months of age. All group classes are held at Dog Days Camp for Canines, 23 West Main Street, Marlton, New Jersey. For more information, please contact me at 609-280-9338 or on the web at www.jerseydogtrainer.com. Again, that's 609-280-9338. We're on the web at www.jerseydogtrainer.com. Welcome back to Thursday in the Doghouse right here on WNJC 1360 AM. And this morning we're going to be speaking with Victoria Stillwell, who is the star of Animal Planets, It's Me and the Dog, and she's also the founder of Positively.com. Hi, Vicki. Hey, hi. Thanks for having me on again. Oh, you're welcome. It's been a while. It has, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. A lot's happened. I don't know. <laughs> well, we can have you on more if you got the time. Yeah, great. I, know. It's, uh, I would say it's good to be busy. It's better to be busy than not. Yes, I agree. Speaking of being busy, you just started a whole new season on Animal Planet, correct? Yes, I have. Yes, it's on Saturday nights at 7 o'clock. Um, a couple of the shows are going to be, I think one's going to be on Thursday, 
and one's going to be on Tuesday, and that's all because of the advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the, I think, eight of the shows, we're doing ten, ten show season, and uh, eight of those shows are going to be on a Saturday night. So, so keep a, a look out for your TV listings, and then you'll be able to catch it. That's great. Um, I, I watched one of your shows this, this weekend, and, man, what a horrific case of separation anxiety. It, it really was. Poor, I have to agree. It was the worst case I have ever seen. Yes. Yes, it really was. And, um, I mean, the family, uh, what, what I think amazed me was that this had gone on for six years. I can't mm-hmm. believe it. I just can't. Yeah, and even though it seemed like the husband, Greg, was unkind and, and he was a mean man, he actually wasn't. He, he was just at the end of his tether. He'd had enough. And, uh, you know, but, but we filmed that around 10 months ago now, and I'm happy to say that Scooby is continuing to do really, really well. Victoria, Victoria, yes. for the listeners who may not have caught that program, can you briefly tell us what was so severe about this dog's anxiety? Of course. Well, Scooby was a pit bull Labrador mix, Rhodesian Ridgeback maybe, um, and That's already a rescue for Yeah. Oh, my God. Puppy, he had um, really shown a lot of anxiety on separation. And because he's a big, big dog, he really became exceedingly destructive when his people were away. And he had actually, now he was a bigger dog, he found that he could get out of the house by jumping through a closed window. Yeah. So oh my God. jump through glass. And he had done this seven or eight times, they said, and the last time he did it he cut himself so badly he had to have stitches on various parts of his body. So the family were very worried. The whole house was literally destroyed. They tried to crate him in the garage but He'd eaten through the crate, got out of the crate, and eaten through the garage door to get out of the crate. My goodness. So it was a very severe case. Now, Victoria, may I ask, because I was, I, I, I unfortunately did not get a chance to watch that program, do you ever, or in this case, did you advise them to see um, a vet behaviorist for possibly putting him on um, drug therapy like Clomacom? Absolutely. In fact, what we did instead is that even though this wasn't covered in the show because you can't put everything in, um, you will hopefully be able to see it in the longer version when it comes out on DVD mm-hmm. that um, we did seek help and um, because I think that's really important. This dog was too stressed to be able to focus com- on any kind of behavior modification and so we started him on Reconcile. I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad that you, we're talking about this because I work with, with with severely aggressive and fearful dogs, and and so does Rini. And you know, quite often we'll make that recommendation. Um, you know, we'd like for you to you know seek the help of a veterinary behaviorist. And they ask me, well, what goes on? And it's, you know, they observe the behavior and they get the history and, you know, that sometimes they'll prescribe a medication to help the dog cope so that we can train it properly. 
and it doesn't necessarily have to last the rest of the dog's life, but but it, it can help. And it's, you know, people get all nervous. Oh, I don't want to drug my dog, but mm-hmm. it, it doesn't drug dogs. You know, it doesn't it doesn't make them dopey, especially you know a drug like Reconcile. Mm-hmm. Well, I think yeah, in the beginning, uh, don't you agree, Victoria? In the beginning, they have to dis- they have to kind of play with the dose. Um, until they get the right dose, and I think that can take up to two months. So, and I, th- I think they may start on a, hi- a little bit higher level than maybe what they're thinking could c- they could they could bring it down to, rather than raising the 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 strength of the dose. You know, um, after that time, they would probably either keep it the same or want to lower it. I'm not 100% sure, but um, I've not really ever heard of a dog totally getting dopey, um, but that's what people are afraid of. Well, you know what? If you bring it to a regular vet, chances are the dog will be dopey because they're, they're not... Um they didn't go to school for behavior. Mm. You know, they went to school for veterinary medicine. And, do you do uh, you feel that way too, Victoria? That if you know, there's a difference between what a vet might recommend and what a vet behaviorist might start them off with. You know, I think it, there's a mixture. I have some fantastic veterinarians, certainly where I live in Atlanta, that understand behavior. They're not vet behaviorists, but right. they have a great understanding of behavior. So right. I really think it differs from vet to vet. Mm-hmm. While my vet is fantastic at understanding and being able to prescribe the right kind of um, drugs if a dog needs that. And, again, I state this is the sort of the last last resort um, as well um, as a complement to a behavior modification plan. Mm-hmm. But, yes, I would say that if it doesn't seem to be working, do consult a veterinary behaviorist because they do have more knowledge of what's going on, certainly with medication. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about some of the other types of behaviors that you'll be working on uh, in the new season? A lot of a lot of human behavior. It's uh, yeah. bizarre. But it seems that this season especially concentrates on... on people who really have lost their way and mm-hmm. not so much the dog has issues but the the issues really have been brought about that the dog has really have been brought about by the owner's either maltreatment or their disregard for their dog's well-being and so you'll see I think that's why I kind of like this season a lot as well is that you might not seem such extreme behavior on every episode even mm-hmm. though we do have a lot of extreme behavior there's a lot of very normal behaviors that a lot of people have with their dogs that they'll be able to relate to mm-hmm. it's just that the human handling has gone so wayward that it's exacerbating the issue so I think it's just this is a really great season for not just getting tips but also for seeing how your behavior can affect your dog that's great how you can deal with any mm-hmm. i mean we address everything mm-hmm. victoria this leads right into my next question actually what is the most difficult thing in your opinion for humans to really understand uh or to be able to follow through with when you give them advice on changing their behavior is there anything Very, that you can spotlight I, we we humans are very habitual right. anyway, and I think, A, it's sometimes difficult for people to see, all right, I've got an, an outside eye came in and told me what I was doing wrong. Most people go, oh, yeah, okay, I get it, and they change it. Mm-hmm. Some people either take offense and don't get it, mm-hmm. and some people find it hard to make that change, and some people, very, very few, 
don't want to make that change. Right, right. And unfortunately, if people don't want to make their change, I could teach the dog beautifully, mm-hmm. yet if they don't carry it on after I've gone, mm-hmm. everything I've taught the dog means nothing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I just wanted to share something with both of you, and then maybe uh, you can say whether or not you've had this issue. But I spoke with somebody on the phone um, a, a couple days ago who had adopted a dog from a shelter. I, I believe the dog is a Jack Russell Terrier, and she has a, um, a nine-year-old son, and the dog is growling at her son um, at various times for the son doing various things, especially uh, getting in the dog's face or trying to get the dog uh, out of its crate when the dog doesn't want to come out so that the dog is growling and she feels, and, and, and I do believe that she may return the dog because of this, she found it very difficult to accept the fact that the dog's growling was actually a good thing. Um, you know, and I explained to her that that's his way of giving a warning, and if we don't uh, respect the warning or we, we ignore the warning, then that dog may just have to bite. And she says, well, I don't think I can accept that. You know, so I went on to explain that this is an animal and this is the only way that he has to communicate, but she was not 100% convinced because she feels that the dog should know better. So, so what's your take on this and have you experienced that with humans? All the time. And I just, it just, my heart goes out to, to the, the whole family in this. I mean, and, and especially the dog as well because right. It really is the dog should know better. Yeah. And I I really wish people would understand and really just just get it. This is an animal we're talking about. How can an animal that is living yes, living in your home is a part of the family, it doesn't it, it, you know, how do we know how a dog really thinks? How can we really say that this dog is going to understand everything and and that this dog is going to know instinctively how to behave. I think that's just such a normal feeling, a normal reaction, and I'm afraid ignorance is a horrible word to use, but it is. It's just ignorance. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can't battle against ignorance. I mean, I we battle against ignorance every day when right. we are, and I'm sure you know you're in the same boat when we try and teach people that teaching their dogs through force and fear and pain is not the way to teach dogs. Mm -hmm. And we battle with that every day because it's so much part of the human consciousness. I mean, I, I, in my neighborhood, I'm seeing these women walk their dogs on shock collars or prong collars or, and they don't think anything of it. It's what you can do for a dog. That's Mm -hmm. what, that's how you teach a dog. Mm-hmm. They run the and other way when they see you walking down the street. <laughs> yeah, you know. Okay. They're afraid you're going to criticize them. Right, exactly. You know, they are. They are. Um, I wear my hat and my sunglasses so nobody knows it's me, but um, it, it just, it just, it's kind of, that's what we're fighting every day, that ignorance. It's crazy. It's crazy. Oh, my God. You know, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, get frustrated when they're using positive techniques. Um and then resort to hiring a trainer or, you know, having somebody come in and, and put that shock collar on and, and uh, you know, put that prong collar on. But, you know-
you know, the, the effects of, that that has on the brain is very traumatic and very long-lasting. Karen, why would you say that people get frustrated using positive techniques? Is it because that they want the problem to be solved yesterday? Or they want they don't... instant results. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they want instant results and they don't want to do the work. Mm-hmm. You know, they want, they want Lassie. Mm-hmm. You know, and unfortunately Lassie's a, a, a movie character. It's not a real dog. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, it wasn't, it's not, it's, it does, they don't behave like that. And, mm-hmm. and they're all individuals. And, you know, I tell this to people all the time that say, oh, my dog lifted its lip. Yeah. If you write down every time, or you have a click, and you collect every time you lifted your lip over your teeth a day, mm-hmm. you'd be shocked at how many times we lift our lips over our teeth. Sure, as long as that's, you get a reward afterwards. Right. Somebody cut you off on the road, you smell something that's nasty. Mm-hmm. You know, even just the road during regular conversation, you know, ew, mm-hmm. I don't like that. Your teeth go up, you, you, you're doing the same thing. Yep, exactly. And when you say that, it's like, you know what, I never really even thought about that. Mm-hmm. That's true. And when I get angry, I find that I lift my lips, too. Um, yeah. It's just something that we do, I guess. Now, if you got shocked and and, and and jerked every time you did that, I mean, you'd be a psychotic. Yeah, exactly. Karen, we have to take a short break so that you can tell people what um, services you offer. And I'm not sure if you're doing that today. Or you? I am doing, I am going to be talking about the Perm Pooch Foundation. Okay, well, let's go. you got a minute. <laughs> All right. Um, I'd like to discuss the Perm Pooch Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization that provides grants grants to no-kill shelters and animal welfare groups. And, Victoria, I understand that you're going to be a sponsor this year. Um, you're going to be donating an autographed book to, to, the, uh, to the foundation. Um, we held an annual gala on, on August 9th, and last year you spoke to the entire group. I'm not certain if you remember that. Um, we were honoring a trainer um, there, and uh, each year we, we honor a four-legged nominee, um, Honoree, and this year it's going to be a police dog from southern New Jersey who took a bullet for his partner, mm. um, and he's still alive. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just a wonderful group. And if you'd like to learn more about it, you can go to www.perrinpoochfoundation.org, and that's P-U-R-R-N, pooch. Uh, foundation.org um, and if you'd like to donate that's great this year we have several sponsors including Fresh Pet um, Victoria Stillwell is going to be sponsoring and I'm sponsoring and we'd like to everybody to join and perhaps attend the gala on August 9th at the Berkeley Hotel in Asbury Park very nice very very nice okay so we're back and Karen do you have an additional question you want to ask Victoria um, you know, I want to get into a little bit more about about working with people because mm. I, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, we could all agree that working with the human animal is a lot more difficult than working uh, with the canine or even the feline. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I do want to talk about a couple of things, and one is. And I'm coming out with a book that's called My Other Dog Was So Much Better. I love that title. I love that title because we hear about it all the time, right, Victoria? Yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. And it's 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 actually a I would actually it was it's it's a real 
you know, cinder block wall uh, that these uh, owners have. I, I find that even even new owners that have never had a dog before and have an issue dog have a much easier time coping than somebody that had a great dog, uh, one of those real wonderful family dogs, and now have a dog with issues. And there's all kinds of emotional turmoil they go through. Especially, Karen, if it's the do- a dog of the same breed that they had before. Oh, it's awful. I mean, they go through drawers and take out photos of their other dog and try to impress on me how wonderful that that, that they're good people, Mm -hmm. that they didn't do this. Mm -hmm. And their other dog was so much better. Um, and, and, you know, I have to, I find myself actually counseling people. Absolutely. You know, and and I'm wondering if you do the same thing, Victoria. You know, I, the, the trainer's role is that of therapist. And even though I, I, I'm not trained as a human therapist, but I found out very quickly when I started training. I, I, I guess when I started training, I was naive. I thought, oh, I'm going to just be working with thousands of wonderful dogs and this is going to be great and didn't really realize that when I went into homes, I would be sitting there and having either a member of the family or a number of people telling me about their innermost issues and problems and I, f- I found that out very fast. Mm-hmm. So, yes, being that role, that therapist, counselor, that support system, is that's the role of the trainer, mm-hmm. as well as teaching a person how to teach their dog. Right. That's it. And I don't think a lot of trainers, when they first start, realize that that is as much part of the job as it is teaching the dog. I honestly believe that as part of uh, a dog trainer's education, um, they should at least have a year or so in psychology. I know that I I studied it in college, um, and it helped me quite a bit, and it it helps me a lot when I work with uh, clients, especially those that are in denial, Mm -hmm. um, that their behavior is not affecting the dog. Um, And, you know, you learn how to speak with people kindly and not be critical and kind of make them feel like you're on their side, which you are, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, But, but, you know, you have to cleverly kind of get them to see your side, too, so kind of open their eyes uh, in a sort. You know, I'd like to interject something here um, for Victoria. You know, you are the only television dog trainer that I recommend to anybody. Me too. Um, the, here's the thing: we have a we have a what would you want to call it? An an um, an offspring of um, a you know a, a, a dog trainer on Nat Geo. We now have another dog training show on major network. TV, um, and I still have to say, Victoria Stillwell is the only trainer on TV that I would recommend that anybody watches. Um, this is, this is, you know, I was very disappointed when I saw the new show. Um, they're still using physical um, correction, if you want to talk about it that way. But what what I saw was an actual punch to the dog's chest when teaching a very fun game called a leave it. Oh, um, you know, um, you don't have to teach any game by punching a dog or popping a dog in the chest or on the neck. Um, and the other thing, you're talking about being a therapist. This man is teaching a, I believe she's seven years old. 
how to do this game by punching this big um, Bernese mountain dog in the chest. First of all, if she goes and punches that dog in the chest, the dog may very well not accept it from her and bite her. Um, so, you know, he's not giving out good information. He's not really doing any behavior modification. And so, again, please watch Victoria Stilwell. She's a fabulous trainer, and I'll get off my soapbox now. Uh, I, I really appreciate that. I, I appreciate that. I, I know what you're talking about. I haven't seen the actual show, but I was sent a few clips of it. Yep. Exactly the clip that you talked about. It's um, sad. That was so sad. That's all child. And, and I was absolutely appalled. And in fact, um, a, a good friend of mine who's a forensic canine bite investigator, and uh, he is a canine aggression expert and has been, uh, is the person to go to when there is a severe mauling or uh, a, a human death from a dog and yeah, so if there's anybody who knows about dog bite, it's him, and how they're exacerbated, it's him. I mean, we all do, but he's the guy that goes on scene and sees the devastation, and he was livid, 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 and so angry, and I know that he wrote, and a, a lot of people have written, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, unfortunately, these producers do not care. Yeah. What is shown on television, they mm-hmm. don't care because all of their con- they're concentrating on making a single person a star, mm-hmm. whether that person is amateur or not, and I believe this person is very amateur. Right. And that um, they don't care, but and it's all about ratings and selling advertising space, mm-hmm. and that's unfortunately that's it. what it's about. And or shame on them. I say shame on them. I also say shame on the Nat Geo producers as well. Um, and that network for showing such horrendous techniques from a person, again, who has very little understanding. Mm -hmm. And I think helping to contribute, and a lot of people will back me up on this, to the number of dog bites, the increasing number of dog bites in this country from confrontational training methods. Oh, sure. Absolutely. You do not want to get confrontational with any animal, um, but, you know, we have these animals that live in our home because we want them to be there, um, but don't show physical, you know, don't be getting physically aggressive with these dogs because they will become physically aggressive with us. I had a client that um, a couple of years back that got a... Oh, an Anatolian Shepherd. Yeah, I only worked with one of those in in the last 12 years, isn't that? It's a common breed. And they found him in a dumpster. Oh, my God. litter mates, and uh, the mother was dead. Mm-hmm. So they brought this dog home, and, and it... They were, you know, the dog had very little bite inhibition. Right. Um, and I kind of brought that onto the scene later in his life. He was about eight months old when I came on Mm -hmm. and I know that you know generally they say it's not really effective um, to teach acquired bite inhibition at that age but you know what he can learn how to control his mouth and learn rules Mm -hmm. um, 
and the husband had a, a, an illness where he was taking blood thinners. And, I mean, I went over there, and this guy's arms were like meat. Yeah. I could not believe the bite mark yeah, on I've there. Seen that too. Um, so I taught the dog, you know, how to use his mouth properly, and we played some mouthing games. Mm-hmm. Very limited, um, just so I could teach him the rules. And, you know, he was jumping on the couches and chewing pillows, and he was just a big pain in the neck. Um, but he was a very sweet dog, and I'll tell you, how many calls I got from them. We're about to give up. We're about to give up. Mm-hmm. We love this dog, and he's such a pain in the neck. And they stuck it out, and today this dog is the love of their life. He's wonderful. He doesn't mouth anybody. He mm-hmm. doesn't chomp on anybody anymore. Mm-hmm. He's just a sweetheart. Good. You know, you just really got to stick with it. Right. You see, yeah. I think that you're, you're so right. And when people might say to, to begin with that, positive reinforcement methods maybe take a bit more time. Well, some of them do, some of them don't. But mm-hmm. the time that you spend just doing that teaching is is going to mean a lifetime of changed behavior. Mm-hmm. If you just rely on the quick fix to suppress negative behavior, you're always going to have to deal with it because it will behavior, you know, suppressed behavior does not mean changed behavior. Right. So that's what I always tell my clients. You know, you are my, maybe going to have to put a little bit more time than just using the shock on the shock collar. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you, the time that you put in now, for the next couple of weeks, a month or so, or maybe even a tiny bit longer, is going to mean 13, 14, 15 years of living in harmony with your dog. What do you want to choose? Mm-hmm. I'm 47 and my 80-year-old mother is still tell, teaching me things. Mm-hmm. You know, to lovely. raise a human child or to raise a human being, it's a lifetime. That's right. I mean, even if it takes a year to invest in your dog's life. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, you could have like 15 to 12, 15, maybe even 18 years with this dog, a good-behaved dog. But people just want a dog and they, and they want six weeks and they want the dog to be completely fixed. It's impossible. It's a living thing. Well, yeah. you know what? Yeah. Um, you know, we only have a minute left, a little bit less than a minute. Victoria, can you please just uh, review for our listeners uh, about your show and how they can uh, go on your website and learn more about you and about your methods and um, so that they, they are more aware of, of what to see there? Of course. Well, my show's on Animal Planet. It's on Saturday nights at 7 o'clock. And uh, tune in. There's one show. Just keep an eye on the TV listings. One show's going to be on Tuesday. One show's going to be on Thursday. Um, But we've got 10 episodes, and you'll be able to see all kinds of uh, great stories and get some great training information. If you want to know more about me, please go to my website, positively.com. If you need a trainer in your area, I have a great um, the Victoria Store Positively Dog Training team. Click on uh, positively.com slash trainers to find one in your area. And also, if you want to see some sort of basic training as well as uh, a great series of me traveling around the United States meeting amazing people with their dogs, uh, then you can go to youtube.com slash ehowpets, and there you'll be able to gain some great training tips, see some fabulous videos, and also meet some of the people that you share this amazing country with. Thank you so much, Victoria. You're a wonderful person, and you're a great trainer, and we love you, and we hope you'll come back again soon. I will, and thank you so much for including me again. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Have Have a a good weekend. Have a good weekend, everybody. Talk to you later. Take care. I'm glad you're home.
Chop, chop, if I don't get out of 